0: Blessings, one and all, and welcome to this week's episode of Journey into Spiritualism. I'm Paul James Caden, and this week we are going to be talking about Jesus in the near-death experience. And this is a uh, a topic that's that's personally uh, very interesting and intriguing to me because. You know, when it comes to Jesus, we have three schools of thought. We have mainstream Christianity, the organized religions that claim and tell us that they uphold the truth about God, the truth about Jesus, the truth about what the writings in the Bible are telling us. Then we have those who are of other religions, you know, maybe spiritual people, and some of them may respect Jesus and others just say, well, he was just a man or, you know, he was a myth. We don't even know if Jesus existed or not. So there's a lot of different ideas, uh, you know, about Jesus in that category where most people will say, well, you know. He seemed like he was an okay guy maybe he was a prophet maybe you know he was this or that if he existed at all but they don't really take a whole lot of stock in uh, this person called Jesus that we read about in the Gospels then of course we have the atheists who Mm -hmm. say well Jesus didn't exist He was just a man, this is all myth, there is no God, there is no hereafter, there's nothing. So all this is just a bunch of stories made up by men, doesn't have any bearing on anything. Uh, We don't believe it. But what does the near-death experience? And and we, we could even cross the line into deathbed visions, things people have seen right before their passing now if there's any merit to these things if there's any merit to the near-death experience which i feel that there is this is uh, a subject that i've really studied and looked into mm-hmm. since probably i would say the the early midish 1990s it's uh been a subject that I'm fascinated with. And, you know, there's a lot more um, scientific study that that goes on uh, as far as near-death experiences. And, you know, there are, as I've mentioned in podcasts uh, in the past, there are institutes now with, you know, doctors and physicists and, you know, neuroscientists and, you know, all kinds of scientists who, don't accept the the um, blanket consensus of the scientific community that well this near death experience stuff it's all just a hallucination it's a trick of the dying brain you know it's just like a dream state you know there are those doctors and scientists who have encountered this near-death experience so many times in their professions or even had one themselves that they've come to a place and and not all these people were religious either some of them were you know atheists they didn't they didn't have um, a religious background but through encountering so many people that had these near-death experiences over the years or having one themselves they said You know, it sounds like something is going on here. Why is it always so similar? How can all these people have the same hallucination, the same dream? You know, how can it be so vivid? And especially those, you know, doctors and people in the scientific community that had uh, an NDE themselves and, you know, came back and said, this was not a dream. This was just as real as me standing or sitting in this room. I was completely aware of my surroundings. I was there, not dreaming that I was there. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of other, you know, data to go along with that. But this is neither the time nor place to delve in- into all of that. But. Uh, but over my years of research i i really feel that there is something to this near death experience not to mention my own personal ex- spiritual experiences that i've had in my life seeing things i couldn't explain you know spirits angels you know some people may say well you know uh, you were hallucinating and you know that's that's their opinion But even if we take half of those experiences off the table and say, okay, they were hallucinations, they were tricks of the mind or tricks of the eye, there's still a good percentage of them that says there's something out there more than this. There's something beyond all of this. And that is uh, an opinion through my own experiences and studies that... As we used to stay, say back in the, uh, the 80s, uh, you couldn't beat it out of me with a stick. You know, I just know that I know uh, that there's much more going on in this universe, in this world, than we're even aware of. And so, you know, the near death experience is not such a leap for me when you hear about people. You know, having these um, excursions out of body, being in another place, another world, or being in the light, or seeing angels or deceased loved ones. But now, what about Jesus? I mean, if he's there, if he has any bearing on anything in our lives and, you know, our religion, the way we conduct ourselves in this world... Surely there has to be some way in which he would make himself known at least sometimes. During these near-death experiences, you know, would people see him? Would he approach people? And the answer to that is yes. You know, if we take for example the story of a man who was an atheist, And this story coming from a man named Brian from the mid-1970s. And uh, Brian reports that he was not that old. He was only in his early 40s. He was in good physical condition. But one day he wasn't feeling well. He experienced uh, some chest pains and, and discomfort at work and ended up having a heart attack. And he was out, um, no vital signs, for about two minutes. And when he woke up, they revived him. He um, was different. And it was later that he told and confided in some family members that when he died, he found himself surrounded by this brilliant light he was approached by a man who had very piercing eyes yet those eyes were filled with unconditional love and he felt the love radiating from this individual and he knew at that moment that he was face to face with you know the person the being that he never believed in his life In fact, he scoffed at it, and that was Jesus. And the interesting thing about Brian's story is that he wasn't berated. He wasn't threatened with hell and torment for being an atheist or a non-believer. He didn't face the wrath of God or the wrath of Jesus or... Attacked by faceless ghouls, you know, during his near-death experience, as some people report. But no, Jesus simply took him by the hand. Led him to a place through the light that was like a peaceful garden. And Jesus just simply looked at him and smiled and said, It's not your time. You have to go back now. And immediately... Brian was back in his body. And needless to say, from that moment onward, he was no longer an atheist. Now, whether people want to accept it or not, stories like this in near-death experiences happening to non-believers or atheists or people that have scoffed at religion or scoffed at you know, the idea of Jesus and the Bible. There's more stories than the hardened critic or non-believer would probably care to hear because there's a lot of them. Throughout the centuries, people that believed in nothing and died and came back and said, I saw God. I saw this brilliant light and it was god many of them coming back saying i was i was there i was in this different place and i was face to face with him who is he who is him jesus so if all of this is a hallucination why are people who are not fearing they're going to face the wrath of god when they die uh, not fearing they're going to go to hell when they die. They expect this is it. When they take their last breath, there is nothing but darkness, unconsciousness, oblivion. Why would so many people throughout the years all have the same hallucination that they were face to face with Jesus? That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, although I'm sure you know uh, some people could take uh, you know the proverbial uh, shoehorn and you know sandwich in you know some kind of uh, you know <laughs> explanation for this, but uh, you know when these people came back from these experiences, they were changed as most people are, nobody is changed by a dream. And, folks, I'll tell you, it was actually New Year's Day 1990. I was crossing the road in front of my parents' house. I was leaving to, to go to a friend's house. And uh, someone in a small pickup truck was speeding down the road and slammed into me doing about 45 miles an hour. Uh, I was a pedestrian, you know, so this small pickup hit me, not my car and i was out you know my uh, my my father the neighbors everybody that saw it happen said thought i was dead you know i was hit i was thrown you know uh, hit the road they said you know he's he's dead you know he's no way he could survive that now i didn't die i didn't have a near death experience Uh, But I was unconscious. I mean, deeply unconscious. And I had a lot of hallucinations and dreams during that time of unconsciousness. Uh, A couple of them, which uh, involved angels and Jesus. But when I finally came to my senses and, you know, later, you know, that uh, afternoon and gained consciousness, uh, I knew it was a dream. I had slight amnesia. I didn't remember quite what happened to me and why I was in the hospital. Uh, but I knew something happened. But I knew all of these things uh, that I hallucinated and dreamed while I was unconscious were not real. And I tell that personal story to say when I, when I gained consciousness... Those dreams, those hallucinations did not change who I was. They did not change my spiritual path. They did not give me a new belief system. They did not make me want to be a different person, how I interacted with others. I didn't wake up with any greater respect for life than those around me. I was the same person I was prior to getting slammed with the truck. And so, you know, from personal experience and, and, and some of these um, dreams and hallucinations I was having while I was unconscious seemed very real. And they took place, some of them, in areas I was familiar with, like my home. Uh, the local mall, you know, that I, one of the hallucinations, I remember uh, that I was in the mall, the local mall with one of my friends and, you know, something (laughs) happened. But when I, and it seemed very real, but when I woke up, even with, with amnesia, not really remembering what happened, I knew they were dreams. I knew they weren't real. I knew I wasn't there you know so people you know coming back from these near death experiences and saying i saw jesus my whole life has changed the the love i felt radiating from him the peace the beauty in this place that i was in and suddenly people who had no religion or spirituality has religion or spirituality not necessarily that of mainstream organized religion but they now believe that there is something beyond what they can see because they say I was there I wasn't dreaming this I wasn't hallucinating this I was there and so again I think uh, you know I can speak from a little bit uh, of experience, you know, having that event in my life, uh, being literally hit with a truck, uh, being thrown, you know, X amount of yards, you know, into the air, crashing on the concrete of the, uh, the road, uh, concussion, you know, cuts and abrasions and bruises, fractured hip, fractured pelvis, uh, fractured wrist, you know, so I was, yeah, I was pretty banged up. And I had some weird stuff going through, you know, my brain while I was out. You know, as my mother used to say, you know, (laughs) when uh, she would, uh, you know, had a a shoulder operation, she's like, yeah, when you're under anesthesia, they could cut your head off and you (laughs) wouldn't know it. And that's where I was, man. You know, I I didn't need anesthesia. I was out, they could have cut my head off and I wouldn't have known it. And I saw some wild stuff, but knew it wasn't real when I woke up. So there's a difference with what these people are experiencing when their heart stops, when there's no brain activity. And what about our next story from a gentleman named Ray, whose appendix ruptured in 1988 in the hospital? And he was literally no vitals for five minutes. The man was dead. And he said, first and foremost, and of course, uh, Ray was Jewish, but he wasn't uh, practicing his religion. He believed in God. You know, he believed in the, uh, the Jewish religion, but he didn't go to temple. He didn't. You know, he didn't really practice uh, his religion except for some of the holidays like Hanukkah with his family. And he was someone who didn't think about Jesus at all. It was a non-issue for him. But yet, when he was dead for that five minutes, he said the first thing he experienced was being in darkness. And then it felt like he was going through a long, narrow tunnel and then there was a pop. And he found himself standing outside of his body in the hospital room, looking at himself with all the doctors and nurses, you know, rushing in. And like a lot of people, at first he didn't quite realize what was going on. You know, where am I? What's happening? Is that me in the bed? Oh my God, that's me in the bed. I'm dead. And then the next thing he knows is there's a bright light just filling the room. And he feels a presence. A strong presence, but yet a very loving presence. And he hears a voice say, you are now standing in the presence of the Son of God. And before... He even saw Jesus in this experience, just standing in that light and hearing that voice. Ray, a non-practicing Jewish man, knew he was standing in the presence of Jesus. And again, of course, Ray was revived. Um quite miraculously you know no organ damage no brain damage and uh, you know after that he became uh, a Christian and I find it interesting that if you do any uh, length of study in the near-death experience you'll you'll find uh, these accounts scattered throughout the NDE stories of the same thing happening. Uh, Some people who um, are Christians or believe in Jesus and others who don't having that same experience of darkness, going down the narrow tunnel, suddenly being outside the body or floating above their body looking down, and then suddenly there's the bright white light That just fills the room and they hear that voice you are now standing in the presence of the Son of God so I find that very interesting and many times they will see Jesus standing there before them and whether they be Christian atheist Jewish Buddhist whatever agnostic they're always greeted with a loving smile and just feeling unconditional love coming from Jesus. The final story I want to share is from the mid-1970s when Ellie and her boyfriend Roger who um, were pilots they, small, they, they flew uh, small airplanes and uh, they owned their their own plane and uh, they took it up one weekend and uh, suddenly it stalled. And Roger said, We're, we're going to crash. You couldn't get it started. And they ended up crashing in a field. And uh, Ellie survived. Roger uh, did not. But she remembers waking up in the wreckage and looking. Outside of the plane, the the door was, of course, you know, off the side of the plane, so she's she's looking out through the wreckage, and she sees uh, Roger standing there, and and for some reason he was wearing uh, his brand-new suit he had just bought several days before they crashed, and she was thinking, why is he wearing his brand-new suit? he wasn't wearing that when we when we took off and then she heard him asking someone for forgiveness saying please forgive me for all the wrong things I've done for all the you know all the times I wasn't everything I should he's like begging someone for forgiveness and she sees then sees another figure standing a few feet in front of Roger and as she looks she realizes that Roger was talking to Jesus and she was just you know overcome with this experience and the the sad part was she was quite injured she wasn't able to attend uh, Rogers funeral but found out later he was buried in the new suit that he bought just a few days before the crash and another interesting thing about this um, this story is that he had a new suit on when Ellie saw him outside the plane, but he didn't have any he had the new suit, but he didn't have any shoes on. And Roger was buried in his new suit with no shoes because in those days, I don't know if they'd do it now, but back in those those days, they didn't bury people with the shoes on. So that was the clear symbol that He had passed. Now, Ellie didn't really give any indication what their religious beliefs were or were not. Uh, I kind of took it that uh, from the story that they were believers, but very casual about it, not necessarily church people or, you know, anything of that nature. But uh, just the way she said, you know, when I saw who Roger was talking to, it was him. It was Jesus he was talking to Jesus so what does all this mean Jesus in the near-death experience in my personal and humble opinion I think it means two things number one I think it certainly shows that he's a real being he's quite important when it comes to our universe, our world. And I think those who say, well, he was just a myth, or the Romans made him up, or Paul made him up, or someone else made him up, uh, there's no serious scholar or historian, uh, religious or non-religious, who will... Uh, believe that point of view. They will all say he was a historic person, but maybe all the things people believed about him from the early disciples onward um, was made up with a good uh, degree of superstition or myth, or they thought he was this miraculous guy, but he wasn't. But there's nobody, no serious scholar or historian will ever will agree with that fact that oh yeah he never existed at all. So we know he was a real person, and obviously so many people having near-death experiences right here in America and across the world that are very similar from different cultures and belief systems, and people with no belief system seeing Jesus. Well. Again, we know he was a real historical person, and now we're getting this idea that spiritually uh, he's a pretty important figure in all of this. Our world, our life, our death. But I also think it shows a different idea of God and Jesus than it, that is taught by mainstream religion. It seems to have much more of that uh, ringing true that comes from the spiritualist philosophy and religion. That God is merciful. That Jesus is loving and merciful. That he came to give us the gospel, the good news and that the Bible is just that teachings and prophecies it's it's a roadmap how we can successfully get from this world to the next let's remember what Jesus said in the Gospels you know those who uh, build their house on the rock which is his word his teachings the storms may come the winds may rage But the house will not fall because it's built on the rock. He gave us the blueprint how to live this life successfully and to get into the next. Now there are people that have had near-death experiences that found themselves in pretty scary places. You know, that we would uh, label as a, you know, being in hell. Spiritualists believe these places exist. The, uh, The lower levels of the spirit world, but they're not eternal. That a soul can be lifted out of those places. But many choose not to be for whatever reason or another. And there are many near-death experiences where people find themselves in these dark places. And they're terrified. But then they see the light, and Jesus comes and lifts them out. Brings them into the light. And then sends them back to this world. With a message. To tell others... God is real this is all real love is the most important thing you can do love others and treat others with love and kindness and respect but there are also um, you know speaking of those hell levels that a lot of people got the impression that these souls didn't need to be there but They wanted to hang on to something from their lives. The darkness, the selfishness, the anger, the hatred, the prejudice, whatever it might be. And they're absorbed in that. Almost like it's reliving a state of mind over and over and over. I remember if I could share one more story. And um, I don't remember the name of the book but the the woman's name was Angela, and she ended up committing suicide. She took a you know bunch of pills, tried to overdose, and uh, she did die. Uh, her family came in and and found her unconscious, called an ambulance. They you know pumped her stomach, they revived her, you know. So she did uh, you know, of course survive because she wrote a book about her experience. But she said after committing suicide, she found her place in this hellish realm. And it was very dark and there were people, just so many people that were walking in the darkness but they were blind to one another. And she says, she described it as these souls were obsessed, just muttering to themselves over something they did in life. Walking along in the darkness amongst all these other people, just repeating something. I hate her so much. I hate her so much. I wish he would die. I hate her so much. Other people in regret. Why did I do it? Why did I do it? I was such a fool. Why did I do it? Oh my God. Why did I do it? Just like repeating these things or moaning in misery, like they were trapped in their own thought process. And naturally, um, Angela was fortunate enough to see the light to have uh, jesus come to her in that place and take her out and send her home but um you know again with the impression that these people didn't need to be there but they were choosing to obsess over whatever this was that they did in their lives so hell was this kind of self-made prison of misery And any time we step outside of walking in love, we're perhaps, you know, building our own um, prison of misery for the afterlife. But what does all that have to do with Jesus? I think it has a lot to do with Jesus. I'm a spiritualist who personally, personally believes that, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was very important for us to... Uh, reconcile us uh, with God, the forgiveness of our own sins. But we have to remember that sacrifice, along with living his teachings, living his example, building our lives on the rock of his words and what he taught. But also remembering how he died for us. And that is the, also a constant rem- reminder how we should live our lives. And so Jesus, uh, you know, becomes for us, as he said in the Gospels, you know, the, the gate, the way, the truth, the life. We don't have to go to those lower hell realms. We don't have to suffer through. We can live in the light of heaven now. We can live in his light. We can walk in love and when we leave this world, we don't have to worry about going to the darker realms or facing something scary or not knowing where, where we're going to go. We can be greeted by our loved ones and angels and Jesus himself and the light of God that many people say that they see. And I find it very interesting that Jesus has taken many of these people out of these dark places and sent them back to planet Earth and just said, hey, go, go tell people. Go tell people this is real, that I'm real, God is real, love one another. So for me, we're, we're seeing a much more merciful picture of God, a much more merciful picture of Jesus than mainstream religion paints and i think all of that in a nutshell is the importance of jesus in the near death experience and i think it shows us that jesus is just not some magical prayer that we say to receive him into our lives and go to sit in the church building every sunday but yet we are you know hateful and stingy and judgmental and critical and violent and No different than the people around us who don't believe in anything. Hating one another because of the color of their skin or their religion or their political preference. Living no different than anybody else. But living life thinking, well, you know, I said that magic prayer so I got the lucky charm. I got the token that's going to take me into, uh, you know, heaven when I die. But I think that's also a lesson of Jesus and the near-death experience. How many people that were, you know, the born-again Christians found themselves having the dark experience and asking themselves, Why am I here? I was a Christian, I went to church, I believed, I said the prayer, why am I here? And usually what's the message when those people are taken out of the dark place by Jesus? You're not loving people enough. You're not loving enough. You're not being kind enough. You're being abusive. You're being critical. Same message. And then they're sent back. And their whole outlook and their whole religious outlook then changes. It's not about a set of doctrines or a denomination anymore. It's about the God of love. It's about Jesus who loves them and died for them. It's about his example. It all becomes brand new. So folks, I think uh, these things... that we've talked about here in this show—that's the importance of Jesus in the near-death experience. We're not just left with, uh, you know, a Bible and a pastor and a magical prayer. You know, this, this, uh, this work, this gospel, this connection with, uh, you know, God—that God has with human beings—it's, it's, it's ongoing. It didn't stop 2,000 years ago, you know, when Jesus ascended into the heavens. It's still ongoing. We're still learning. And that's what I always respect about spiritualism because it's always researching. It's always looking outside of the box and finding little nuggets of things that make us set up and take more of a notice that we don't have it all figured out here. And we probably never will till the day we die and go into heaven ourselves. None of us will have it all completely figured out. But I think we know enough. And through the study of Jesus and the near-death experience, what do we know? Live his example. Remember his sacrifice. Love others. Be kind. Be gentle. Be humble. And all that's written right there in the Gospels, in the in the Bible that we have, if we're just humble enough and have our eyes open enough to see it. But many of us don't. We think it doesn't apply to us because we said that magic prayer or belong to that magical denomination that automatically gets us into heaven because it alone has the truth. And those are man-made ideas, my friend doesn't make the grade in the end. So folks, I hope you got something out of this show this week, and I hope you'll do your own uh, research and look a little bit into Jesus and the near-death experience. And, you know, what do you glean from that? What does it say about our religions? What does it say about your personal belief in God? How does it change what you think? How does it change what you believe? How does it change how you will live your life from here on out? It's an interesting study and I hope, uh, I hope some of you will uh, embark upon that path to maybe uh, look into it a little bit. But as usual, everyone, I've kept your ear long enough. Thank you for listening this week. I really appreciate it. Until next time, stay in love, stay in the light. And I'll see you next week here on Journey into Spiritualism. God bless everybody. I'll see you then.